kind of losing my mind. No, it's just expanding. Very good. Yeah. I am. I am good as well. That's good. Thank you. What are we talking about we're today? We're talking about the second episode of Sense Eight in season one. My favorite episode. That's not true. No, it's not. Okay, it's gonna be like we've got a long way to go. That's a yeah. huge disappointment if the second episode is your favorite episode. It is not. Mm, but <laughs> we're still very excited to cover it. Uh, still trying to. Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely different covering television than yes. it is for the film. So, um, yes, but we are. We're gonna do. Episode two, which is I am also a we, so mm -hmm. woo. So I guess we wanted to break it down, obviously a little bit differently, since we've already talked about when we first heard about Sunset and our initial reactions. It's kind of hard to do for episode to episode, just because a it was so long ago, and b we've seen this so many times. So I think the best way to go about it, like you'd we had talked about earlier, uh, before recording this, is to just kind of go through it and. You know, just kind of touch base and figure out what each of the main characters are doing. Yeah, and then if there's anything else afterwards, yeah, we can do that. Yes, I like it. All right, so who do we want to start with today? Well, my immediate thought of this episode is Nomi, probably, mm -hmm. because she has the title of the episode. She does. In her speech, and she has a lot to do. And I, I talked about in the first episode in general how I think she dominates the first act. I guess you could call it the mm -hmm. first four episodes. Yeah, so basically, well, I guess I'll talk about that. Yeah, go for it. In this episode, I believe, let's see, we left off in the first one with not much going on. It was just backstory mainly for, for her. Yeah, they're they're attending Pride. So now it's yeah, it's still Pride. Mm -hmm. And uh, Boomy and her girlfriend, Amanita, are just sort of talking about Pride and doing mm -hmm. stuff. And then they uh, they go on uh, the bike ride. Yes. don't remember what they call it. Bikes with bikes. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, Who they actually got to ride with, which is really cool. Yeah, that's it's cool. They filmed during Pride in whatever year, I guess. Yeah, 2014. I would. It yeah, because be. it came out in 2015. Yeah, and uh, while she's on the uh, bike, mm -hmm. she f sees Jonas, our guy from the beginning of the show, yes. who was talking to Angelica, and then uh, she faints and falls off the bike. Nomi does. <laughs> yeah, Nomi. Yeah. Nomi faints and falls off the bike, and when she wakes up, she's in a hospital. And Where you her, get to meet her awful, yes. awful family. <laughs> her very awful mother and much nicer sister. Yes. And um, her name is Tegan, yes. which she is may or may hilarious. Not be named after a Doctor Who character from the eighties. Really? I should say. You think so? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh Just my. because that's not a very common name. That is. A, it's a very yes. It's a very interesting name. <laughs> yeah. But um. But yeah. uh, yeah. She uh, aside from all that other drama with her family, essentially the doctor tells her. Her brain is real messed up. She's going to die very soon if she doesn't get this very extreme brain surgery. She mm -hmm. doesn't want to. She thinks she's going kind of crazy mm -hmm. because they tell her she's going to have hallucinations and yes. things like that. And, and she sees Jonas from the Pride Parade and the beginning appear to her and talk to her mm -hmm. and thinks that she's going crazy until the very end of the episode she gets a call. From, from the best girlfriend yes. in the world. <laughs> from from Amanita, who shows her, uh, or not shows her, but tells her that she has a picture on her phone of Jonas, which means he is real. Yeah. So she's not imagining him. Yeah. 
And basically, that's her story. She's in a very bad situation, mm -hmm. and then she gets a little hope or uh, understanding that the situation might not be quite as it seems. Yes. And of course, there's much else going on with her, just thematically, and to do with the episode and the show. Yeah. But in general, I, I guess, what are your thoughts on I her in this episode? get really stressed out for her. I'd also, again, like to reiterate how awesome of a girlfriend... Mm -hmm. Amanita is and it's interesting to note that and I didn't realize this until we kind of kept progressing episode to episode mm -hmm. especially in like season two for reasons we will talk about when <laughs> we get to season two but Amanita is one of the few people outside of the Sense8 cluster who is aware what's going on yeah um, because Nomi they have a very obviously loving and, and close relationship and Naomi has no problem telling her, like, hey, I think I'm going crazy. I keep having these weird feelings. I keep seeing this, like, mm -hmm. lady. Um, do you think I'm going crazy? And it's a it's a good, you know, ground for a lot of exposition where you get to learn that Naomi was a hacktivist. Yeah. You get to know that her and Amanita have a really good support with the community there because Amanita was able to break into the hospital because mm -hmm. one of their friends works there and gives her I like her that access. you see, uh, like with her friend that lets her in, yeah. that she shows up again later. Yeah. And that there are various friends to help them in different situations. Right. Are, are recurring characters, actually, yeah. most of them. Which is nice because you could easily just sub in some generic person extra person with right. very little lines for most of those parts but they, they clearly don't. uh you know they clearly made the show yeah with a bigger plan like and the, thought about that kind of thing uh, yeah a strong bond with the community and mm -hmm. it's just yeah so pretty much it's a or it's a really you know especially their opening scene together oh. it's a really good you know starting point to be like hey this is nomi's background nomi doesn't have a good relationship mm -hmm. with her family because her parents are awful and she seems to be okay with her sister, which yeah. we can, I mean, she'll dive I into mean, that more in season two. Purely in contrast to her mother, at least. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that so is the worse. one thing that really bothers me is they kept calling her Michael. And I think that's another like theme of like family because biologically, yeah. obviously, Naomi's mom is her family, which also causes problems because they can apparently sign away your rights to a doctor at a hospital and nobody's going to be dependent on her insurance for this surgery. And that always stresses me out because I'm like, is this legal? I feel like this isn't mm, legal. I don't think it's legal. Uh, I mean, I might be wrong. I think the whole point is that they're trying to make it sound like this is all normal procedure when, yeah. you know, really... You know, this does not seem... You know, essentially, Nomi has been brought into a large conspiracy and doesn't know it yet. Yes. Uh, since the doctor is basically lying to her. Dr. Metzger. Yeah. He's essentially, like, signing her up for a lobotomy, mm. and she can't get out of it, and that is just a straight-up horrifying notion. I, oh, I think there are interesting parallels to, um, you know, the idea of of doctors not listening to transgender people yeah. or, or trying to tell them uh, what they need. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it would be a mistake to take that subtext as, as the point when, of course, what it's, is actually happening it's is... It's very plot-driven. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much, you know, Nomi is heavily involved with mm -hmm. the big arc and you know they're essentially trying to stamp out her sensateness is what's really yes. happening here. I think it is interesting to note that um, in terms of, of names and pronouns like her mom is just so adamant on calling her Michael yeah. and then so is that nurse mm -hmm. and I'm like what is with you people <laughs> interestingly the doctor <laughs> calls her by her that's what I'm saying yeah. is I think like you have obviously this antagonistic force of like the mom and the nurse kind of rejecting her identity and being like 
Oh, she just goes off on this horrible spiel of like, you're Michael when I gave birth to you, you'll be Michael mm. when I, I'm like, oh my God, lady, come on, you're terrible. Um, but it's interesting because like you have that coming from her and then you also have that coming from a nurse. So when Dr. Metzger comes in, it's almost like you, you don't a hundred percent trust him, but you're like, oh, at least he's better than these two mm. people who are really forcing this on her to well, be like. Well, of course he, he wants her to trust exactly. him Exactly. From the little we get of him later, I do get the impression he's supposed to be, uh, you know, very b- believing in the work they're doing. In sort the cause, of. yes. So, so he, that makes sense that he isn't overly malicious. Because yes, he but probably I, th- I feel like, like that could have been, it, th- I'm glad that they do that because yeah. then it, A, it makes you kind of not really trust him but a little bit more like okay he's not straight up evil at least not right now in this episode yeah and uh yeah it's just it really Nomi's mom really bothers me yeah (laughs) is what I took away from that story and it's important to note that you know the people she considers her family is obviously her girlfriend and then there's also people in part of her you know the community that she's created mm-hmm. for herself whether it's like through pride and friends like they're there to support her and try and get her out and it's very like yeah. i don't even want to get extreme and family be like versus... anti-establishment like it's scary when people don't believe you yeah and it's scary when you question it yourself of like hey maybe i am going crazy and they're like well here's a medical answer for it mm-hmm. she's like but i don't trust that also lobotomies don't sound fun yeah, I think that Nomi is obviously one of the characters who would be the most sensitive mm-hmm. to believing mm-hmm. uh, what they're telling her, essentially, yeah. about her brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's not a coincidence that she is a character chosen to be so directly embroiled in this. Yes. But I think that that's, that's about as far as I take that idea, I guess, mm-hmm. is that she was chosen for a reason yes. in the plot. But also, the main thing is... Uh, as we will slowly learn <laughs> to be much more worried about how this affects all the others as well. Right, yeah. And, and they're they're just kind of setting up the domino pieces now because Jonas is kind of like the through line between her and Will, but you don't quite know it yet mm-hmm. because Jonas is like, hey, Will, you need to go help Nomi. Yeah. By the way, I'm about to fly off to go see Nomi. <laughs> so. I like that Um. Uh, the, the first episode basically is almost entirely just mood, happy, mm-hmm. Uh, background setting for for the two of them, Nomi and Amanita, mm-hmm. and this episode kind of starts the same way, where it's just like it's still pride. Mm-hmm. We're still basically doing what we were doing last episode, and you know they even go to the parade, and it's like more of this fun, but then that makes the turn when she faints, very uh, surprising almost because the episode and before and this one have lulled you into such a sense of security with mm-hmm. with them even though you're only two episodes in yeah this is uh this is a plus i guess of the approach they took mm-hmm. despite the fact that it makes things slower at first yeah is that uh any change in tone or uh, later plot developments seem more momentous because uh, they take a while to appear yeah it's funny because I would say that obviously they don't hold your hand through this like we've talked about before they do hit the ground running especially in like the first couple of initial scenes from the first episode Mm -hmm. but it is important that they like you said even though they're not explaining everything to you yet and they're not necessarily holding your hand um, they are taking their time with it Mm -hmm. because I think obviously they want to build the characters and the conflict and like we said there's always like kind of two parallel stories going on there's like the individual character arcs and then there's the overall yeah. sensei conspiracy arc and I think they are really 
do a really nice job of kind of plotting that out for Nomi. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like we said, her her overall arc is going to wrap up a lot sooner than everybody else's. Yeah. But it is so embroiled in a conspiracy arc that goes throughout. And it makes sense that Nomi has all this material at the start, I think, because yeah. of her position as, well, mainly as a blogger yes. more than anything. Uh, she is allowed to deliver these, not not expository, I would say. This isn't about exposition. It's more just about... Thematic thesis. Yeah, yeah, t- t- thesis to, to sum up the show and its early going. And, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes more about, I guess, showing and not telling later. Mm-hmm. But I don't see anything wrong with the plot device of her getting to read her blog post for example here in the second episode which mm-hmm. sort of reaffirms if you didn't get it from the first episode what the show is going for mm-hmm. about uh connecting all the senseis together and the title of the episode uh i am also, also a weed. weed did i say it right there yes, we go. You did. <laughs> and uh when she does that speech i believe there are a few different clips of yeah other it's senseis. a really cool montage yeah. i wrote it down Do which you is want a, me to tell you? yeah i will i was just gonna okay. say obviously that is a um technique that they will use quite a lot yes more and more and more and this is one of the most explicit early uses of it yeah. but yeah i noticed that they very carefully chose who they chose who yeah. they did yeah yeah do you do you want me to mm-hmm. talk about the montage yeah so um again bit of brief setup telling nomi she's kind of freaked out and then i was like maybe she could write about it on your blog and so she does a video essentially talking about her background where um her parents and her mom, I think in particular, is mm-hmm. uh, really into this one saint. Thomas Aquinas. Yes. And she went through and said that like pride was the worst sin of all, mm-hmm. number one sin out of the seven deadly sins, um, which is ironic because, you know, they're at pride and she's saying like, hey, we <laughs> march with pride and go fuck yourself, which yeah. is great. But she is talking about how um, they never really talk about mistakes or fear or shame. And so when she talks about mistakes, it cuts to Kala which is, you know, she's kind of at a crossroads of like, Mm -hmm. oh, am I going to make a big mistake about to marry this guy? She talks about fear and its son holding this document before going Mm -hmm. into her her family's corporation and, you know, something's going on there. Um, And then she says, like, you know, people who are like me are wrong or offensive, and then it cuts to Leto. Which I think we talked about how they're sort of... They're, yeah. They're paired up They're paired up quite a bit. Um, And then... uh, it doesn't. She doesn't explicitly say trauma, but it does cut to Riley just walking around singing with blood all over her. her um, yes. And then you know it, t- it cuts to uh, Wolfgang when they're talking about pride. He's doing shots with Felix. They've just mm. you know done this amazing diamond heist, and you know. Which I think I was saying we forgot to really yeah, talk about. Yeah, we didn't really touch all. on that. But we can definitely. But we'll about definitely it. talk about that this time around. And then also, just hate hating shame and type if yeah. that's not considered a, a sin and when she talks about uh shame it cuts to will who is going over to grab his dad who is drunk and passed out which is a good yeah. segue if we want to talk about will yeah but well, more important will joey pants yeah. <laughs> that's right guys he's made his return but <laughs> we can put a pin in that if yeah. you want to keep talking no, no. about nomi i think nomi is is pretty wrapped up i was just gonna say her speech doubles as a great way to have her and the show tell you this show not about subtlety yes. it's about pride yes. and really just going for it yeah um which is an important thing to know mm-hmm. but i think that yeah will is certainly unless i'm messing it up the 
other most important characters yes, here. Yes, in this episode, yeah. for sure. Very America-centric, you know? Mm-hmm, it is. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'd say Opening. Yeah, bit. America and then also India, maybe. I'd say Kala is probably the yeah, third. Yeah, there is a lot of Kala. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so do you want me to tackle Will? Yeah, sure. All right. So uh, Will starts up. He's in the hospital. He's talking to the, the kid who he saved in the previous episode, mm-hmm. and they're discussing their dads and just how both of them got shot but we know one of them was a a gangbanger quote-unquote and the other one was a cop and that ended his career and it's funny because there's just kind of some similar parallels where you're like oh well he's good good guy cop will (laughs) but um he's had some a few run-ins with the law because his dad wasn't around a lot and it cuts to joey pants with hair because joey pants is will's dad well you know he must have had hair at some point i know but like he has hair. It's crazy. Anyway, sorry. It's very so exciting. So when did we last see Joey Pants? Joey Pants we last saw was in The Matrix. I know. So long ago. And he didn't have hair in that. I'm just yeah. saying. He had hair in Bound, but I believe it, it was, was fake. It was pretty... Th- if it wasn't fake, it was pretty thinning. I think I read it was wig, so... Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's very exciting. He's returned. He has a stash. It's great. I'm very happy to see him. It is also kind of sad because, like, his dad was a cop, and then you see him now, and he's just... I was asking you, I'm not quite sure, like, where he got shot and what it did to affect his body, but, like, his dad, I think, is, like, uh, needs to be kind of taken care of, aside from, I think, he has some drinking issues, but, Mm. um, yeah, so, Will's talking to the kid about that, you see uh, him tell him a story about handcuffs, which will come in handy later, guys, it's good Mm -hmm. to know that Will has skills (laughs) at picking handcuffs, also, I wrote down, ooh, handcuffs, kinky Will, anyway, um, not important. So he he does that, and then a lot of guys at the office are kind of pissed off at him because they're like, oh, you saved this Uh kid. What if he shoots another cop? You know, that's on you. Um, He's still kind of on about his weird vision of Angelica and Riley and the church and everything. So he's like, hey, Diego, his partner, he's like, I know you think I'm crazy, but I was able to pull some footage that was pointed, like there was a camera pointed on the church. Let's check it out. We'll see Uh if somebody pulled a body out or anything. And they look, and part of the camera has, like, there's two hours of it erased from the tape. And they're both like, okay, something, you're absolutely right, something weird is going on here. Um, and so he visits his dad. I'm trying to think of anything else that happens. Oh, he mentions... Well, they, yeah, they, they get told that they need to look out for Jonas. Yes. By the, uh, I think... Yeah, it's Homeland Security comes to visit their department, being like, hey, this guy's on this our soil, we need to catch him, he's super dangerous... And of course, the end of the episode is the whale does see him. Yes. Uh, and uh, he is there in the flesh, unlike yes. when he talks to Nomi. Nomi. Yeah. And Will wants to believe him that things are going crazy and changing, mm-hmm. and he should trust him. But also, he cannot resist his cop duty that he was told. Yes. He to has go to get Jonas, him. so he chases after him, and they they crash their cars together at the end of the episode, basically. Yeah. That's how it ends. But there's a lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah, I think they're it's set up with his the girl. Um, yeah, I mean the the Will and Sarah Petrell thing is yeah. such a background thing that it's a bit hard to pick up on. I think. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember from the first episode. There's Baby Will again running around chasing after this girl who's like, "Come find me, Will," mm-hmm. and it's creepy as fuck. Um, and, and he brings it up to his dad. Yeah. And this one, his dad is very worried. Because he thinks that if he talks about this, he'll basically lose his police job because yep. they'll think he's crazy mm-hmm. for talking about this. 
yeah. missing girl again. And then Jonas also brings it up, being yeah. like, you need to help Nomi the same way you know you need to help Sarah. Mm-hmm. And that obviously really throws Will. So it's a good little setup to be like, hey, something happened in Will's past about with this girl, and it's a very sensitive subject, and it does yeah. seem to galvanize him into action. Well, I think, in a way, uh, Will's plot this episode, this is kind of a plot episode. Mm-hmm. It really sets up for later, I think. The first episode takes its time and does a little bit of... Bit Fun just bathing in atmosphere, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But Will is very straightforward a lot of time here. You know, some of his stuff is set up for later, like he's working on this investigation, etc. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth talking about, yeah, his dad, mm-hmm. who uh, I was saying it was interesting because when we watched it originally, his dad seemed harsher to me. Yeah. When I didn't know some of the context, like yeah. about the girl Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you don't realize how serious it was for Will, you don't realize why his dad is so harsh about not talking about it at all. Yeah. Plus, you just see him in the flashback, he's mad, and then he, like, joking with Will when he first shows up, and you just kind of feel like, wow, this guy isn't very nice. Yeah. <laughs> but as the show goes on, I think... Uh, it starts to make yeah. more sense. Yeah. You get him more. It fills in a little bit more of the, the subtext and the gaps mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But... Also, as regards to Will, I just want to talk about, I want to mention that guy in the convenience store. Oh my god, store. <laughs> the convenience store guy? Yeah. <laughs> he is great. I, when we were watching it, I was like, oh my god, this is just like the dude at the beginning of the Matrix. Yeah. He like knocks on the door and is like, Neo, yeah man, it's the only way to go. Open your mind, you're my personal <laughs> Jesus. Like that kind of same flighty, like drugged well, out dude who's like pro-drugs, man. I think Sensei does a weirdly large amount of one-off, one-scene characters yes. that are really entertaining. Yes, like and he is. Wachowskis or any of their collaborators like to cast people who just have slightly weird, <laughs> um, what do you call it, auras, yes. personalities, it's something. Great. And um, even, honestly, a lot of those people that I thought that about at certain times ended up being recurring characters. Mm-hmm. But then there's, like, this guy who isn't recurring, but he's still just he's really entertaining. Yeah. Why does he have this line? Like about mixing his sleeping pills with uh, his alcohol. It was bourbon or something like that, or whiskey, I don't remember. But yeah, he was super funny. But it is interesting to know, um, he, he's, you know, kind of encouraging Will, being like, yeah, man, you know, it's okay not to feel great. And Will's mm-hmm. like, I just have this headache. And then Jonas is like, oh, yeah, you have that headache? You all get that headache <laughs> as soon as you're reborn. Yeah. Um, which is, I think it's just certain details that like Jonas mm-hmm. tells him where you're just like, okay, this guy is for real. Like, I yeah. don't know what his deal is, but get it. he well, knows something's going on. I mean, on. reaching back to, to Nomi there, I really felt it this time, I guess, when Omnita talks about here, we have the photo of him. Yeah. It sort of clicks into place. Like, mm-hmm. this guy is a, a real person. Yes. You know, he feels so weird and abstract before. Yeah. You really feel that he is a solid character. Yeah. I love, I love the scene that ends the episode, actually. I think for all that we talk about, the third, end of the third episode of the show, and mm-hmm. especially the fourth one, really uh, making this show's potential r- be revealed, mm-hmm. I really think that you see quite a lot of it in this episode. Yeah. And I really like this episode. Yeah. And the end is really exciting set piece for me. I mm-hmm. mean, I think it's a slow buildup in the first episode. I think that the scene in episode two is a bit in between the scene in episode one and three, where in the first one, mm-hmm. you see Will and Riley connect 
and they basically just talk very briefly before they're cut off. In the third episode that we're getting to, we have a big action scene at the end. Mm-hmm. In the second episode at the end, they're all at the end of the episode two. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like a sting to keep you going for the oh next yeah. taste of that, for the next episode. And you get uh, Jonas and Will going back and forth in their cars mm-hmm. together. It's very entertaining to me, the way, especially the way Will reacts to what's happening. What because he's fuck? just freaked yeah. out, but it's in a very but funny like way. Jonas, I also love the way Jonas interacts, or reacts to it because yeah. he's super amused. He's just amused. <laughs> He's very amused, and it's amusing, uh, but it's also really cool because you do start to think about how far does this power extend, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you see just how purely entertaining it can be, I think, and that this isn't, you know, necessarily a dead serious show, which I think you would be able to tell uh, coming into it, Mm -hmm. but this episode in particular maybe is a little bit more straightforward. So you get more of a sense of the fun Mm -hmm. that can be brought to it. Yeah, I feel like the way Will is reacting to the situation is probably how, like, most first-time viewers react to it, where they're Mm -hmm. like, what is going on? I don't understand. And then the way Jonas reacts to Will kind of slowly figuring out, I'm going crazy. He's like, no, your mind's just expanding. Is, like, the thrill and the excitement of, like, oh, just you wait and see what else you guys are going to be able to do. Yeah. So... I don't know. I I really think it's a good way to end the episode. Yeah, I like that. I really I really do like Jonas as a character. He's I, very interesting. I heard things about. I mean, I think in the first season, mm-hmm. but also I might have read some later, about the idea that he's just sort of an exposition guy that Machine. wanders around. He is. Yes, I will. I will give him. But he's also a little bit more than that. It just kind of sneaks yeah. up on. Well, you. he is, but I I like the way that he interacts a little differently with different. Uh, main characters yes. and also that he, especially as you get further on it's mm-hmm. ambiguous as to what his allegiances are yeah and i just think he, he has acted quite well and i forgot his Naveen name Andrews. Yeah, that's Oof. his name that's his name yeah. <laughs> big and fan, big fan. um i wanted to say about the, the thing i was mentioning in this one which mm. was just that I oddly was reminded of Morpheus when I was watching oh it this time. Oh my god, time. yeah. And I think generally that's a vibe you could apply to him all the time just because he is a, a mysterious exposition figure. Dude. But especially in this one, it's so noticeable because of the way he's talking to Will and Nomi and they don't really know who he is yet. Yes. So that that sort of goes away later. Yeah. But in this one, it's, it's so much like the scene. Uh, well, I was thinking of two scenes. I was thinking of the scene in The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Of course, where... Neo gets the phone call, mm-hmm. and Morpheus tries to direct him out of the building. Right. Which reminds me so much of uh, the way I think I was thinking that Jonas appeared to know me, mm-hmm. and is basically telling her, "You can't trust these people. You have to do this." You have. I think he says, "Like you already, you already know, you already deep know deep this down. is true. You know, yeah. Like you, you know, the Matrix yeah. isn't real. Yeah. Well, uh, You know me. that Doctor Metzger's no good. Yeah, but yeah. also of the scene in the Matrix where they finally meet and they talk in Morpheus's big famous chair mm-hmm. in that fancy room Red before pill, the pill. yes before the truth is revealed. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jonas has that just general vibe of I know body. what's good for you. I'm not going to push you into it, but I think we both know I'm right. Yes, and he is also the character that has, you know, the advantage of knowing exactly what's going on. That's a sort of a stock character type, but I think just the fact that 
same creators are making it mm-hmm. means that it comes with some similarities because that's just their style. Yeah, and it is also, I think that's more of his purpose in season one mm-hmm. than two. Yeah. I mean, he still does obviously provide a lot of exposition and kind of clarification more or less for them what's going on. But I think you kind of lose that in season one. You don't realize that he's actually a little bit more important yeah. in terms of driving the conspiracy sensate plot forward just because Mm -hmm. he is there mainly to do these beautiful eloquent exposition dumps Mm -hmm. for you but you're just like oh yeah he shows up and explains things it's like no he he actually has a little bit more involvement with the corporations and the things that he is explaining to you you just don't realize it yet and you also it's interesting because they do kind of play with his his loyalties you are you are less Mm -hmm. sure the more you you spend time with him of what he's really up to yeah, well, I think you start the show in a sense. It's not yeah, like he's any more trustworthy. Yeah, it's like he's the only person yeah. that is has information for them to explain what's going on. You know, you know that something is going on. Yeah. Uh, you believe it more than the characters do. Right. And he's the one who's saying that it's happening. Yeah, so, so you inherently have to trust the person who's giving you the most exposition <laughs> of what is going on. And then once that's kind of firmly established and they all have a baseline for it, that's when I think you get to really play with him as a character. Yeah. So that's basically the most important big plot stuff, and that's Nomi and Will. Mm-hmm. So I think you were saying, essentially, Kala it would be is the, the other person one. who gets the screen time in this yeah. episode, which is true. Yeah. And, uh... It's mainly just her, um... Y- you get to know a little bit... You get to meet her fiancé, Rajan, yeah. for the first time, I believe. Right? Well, let's see. In the first episode, it's basically just... She goes to the, uh, the temple. temple to talk about how she doesn't love him. Love him. Yeah. And then but she definitely seen, has right? another scene later, but I can't remember what it is. She's talking sure to she her does. dad. Yeah. But, oh, gosh. I've seen it so many times. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I think this is the first episode where you meet him in person. Yeah, I wouldn't hold me to that, but, you know, essentially you, you meet him and his family and yes. you get to understand who he is, so... For all intents and purposes, this is oh our God, introduction. I'm it now. I'm like, did we meet? Don't worry about it. <laughs> we can this be wrong. This is bad. We literally just watched this episode. It adds yeah. humanity. There's a lot going on, guys. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of characters. That is my excuse. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so uh, essentially, she's just doing like a. I don't know if it's like an engagement party or like. I mean, their wedding is coming up pretty soon, yeah. so probably not. But it is, you know, a, a big family get together celebration. Some sort of elaborate version of the rehearsal. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, minus the rehearsal part, they're mm. just uh, yeah. So Rajan, but we didn't the, see the whole thing. We don't know. This is true. Yeah. You're not wrong. But uh, Rajan kind of you know gives the background on how uh, he really liked her. He he sends her a bunch of flowers on her birthday that fills up like the entire room <laughs> to try and get a date with her, which you know they are told through flashbacks. And everybody's like, oh, that's so sweet. And my first thought is like, what if she's highly allergic, guys? This just looks like a a room for sneezes. I don't know. It was sweet, though. Well, you know, she works at his father's company. Yeah, pharmaceutical So he probably company. has all our medical records. That's so check really that kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, I really wanted that date, so he, I uh, he figured out a, her allergies. And yeah. So he does a that's fancy... That's the way to do it, guys. When you're buying flowers, just look at their medical records. <laughs> Um, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Anyway, but he is really sweet. He he is clearly much more in love with her and likes her a lot more. Yes. And is 
uh, you know, he does the Bollywood dance because she really likes movies. He's very complimentary of her family, and you get to meet his family. His dad sucks. What is it with parents kind of sucking in this episode? Yeah. Yeah, because Nomi's mom sucks. But and Kala's dad is Kala's great. Kala's dad is amazing and a great cook, and I just love him to pieces. And he and Rajan have a, a compliment uh, a battle contest, yes. yes. <laughs> it's not even a battle or a contest. They're just like, you're great. No, you're great. What is it? You... Your food was amazing. No, it was your company that was amazing. I loved your or song. Something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, I very much enjoyed their dance. And we talked about this, too, because I was like, uh, it's a full, uh, you know, it's a Bollywood dance yes. uh, sequence, which is really fun. And I remember it turned to you and being like, does everybody know these moves? And Cam was like, no, it's well, very... I think it exists on two planes, right? Because yes. in a way, this is very obviously the set piece mm-hmm. for episode two. And... If there is one in one, I guess it is the shootout at the end. Yes. The big moment. And two is kind of showing that not all the big crazy stuff has to be action or anything. (laughs) And violence. Yeah, sometimes it's just other fun stuff, which they will explore even more later, of course. And so it's partially that, I think. It's partially showing off the differences in tone and also uh, giving us our our exciting bit to tide Mm -hmm. us over. But also, more importantly, I guess, playing with the genres, of course, mm-hmm. which is similar to what I think we might have talked about, about starting off with more stock story types right. that are related to not only the areas, but the f- film and the art that comes from the areas mm-hmm. in the show. And, of course, this is the most overly Bollywood thing that ever happens in the show. Yes. So it happens at the start, and it's just a fun thing to play with, you know? Yeah. But I think anyone who, because we did hear this, I think, from, from some reviewers at the time that mm-hmm. only got the first three episodes, mm-hmm. that had the impression that they were doing a very surface-level dive at all these different cultures right. in the show. And, of course, a lot of that is more in the first few episodes. Yes. Not so much later. Yeah. It isn't even about, you know... It isn't about, oh, they delve so deep into Indian culture later as much as it is they don't actually just think that it's like Bollywood movies over there. Right. You know, this part is just there for fun. Although, yeah. for what it's worth, I think they do do some interesting things in terms of, like, you know, Kala's story involves more religion, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not like a big thing. It's just a faucet that is there because of how she was raised, probably. Yeah. But in this case, it's definitely an unsubtle, <laughs> big, fun thing. Mm-hmm. So it serves that purpose. But I do think an effort is made to make it not completely ridiculous. Because, of course, as you were saying, they all know the moves so well. But Rajan does say that, or imply, you know, that this is a really popular movie for Kala. Yes. And, and that's the first date they went yeah. on together was for this movie. She definitely likes the, the song mm-hmm. and the dance. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Rajan and his crew have planned this whole dance thing. Yes. Probably worked very hard. I love it. that sentence. Rajan and his crew. <laughs> his dance crew. And it seems and to me... He has on speed dial. Yeah, it seems to me that the women who then join in have also been in on it. It's like a flash mob yeah. thing. And you notice that Kala, although she is not bad at it because she clearly uh, remembers and likes it, uh, she is not as comfortable as any of the other dancers and particular when she first joins in she's kind of like yeah what i am might I also doing? just be like, like a personality yeah. quirk too being like i'm very shy and uncomfortable yeah. with this but i do think that that you know 
you're not supposed to think that they just magically... They're all professional Yes, dancers. they entered a new plane of reality briefly where they all were in a Bollywood movie. Right. It's just a little more dramatized than, of course, would actually occur. But an effort is made. Yes. And it's fun, I think. It's and very fun. And Rajan is very endearing in this one. And that's what is upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he's not... At least in the, from what we know of him so far in season one. Yeah. He's not a bad guy. No. I mean, I remember the whole time season one was... Airing is not the right word, of course, since it all dropped at once. Right. But when I read people talking and not having seen it all yet, mm-hmm. there's always this fear that this is the episode where Rajan is going to reveal his, 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 his true evil. nature. Yeah. Just because, of course, the classic plot of uh, this isn't a good match is supposed to end with an easy way out essentially right. where where it turns out that he's evil and yeah. awful or something yeah, and he consistently he... is nice no he's so sweet i kept writing down rajan is being sweet yeah. rajan is sweet yeah and he really likes kala and he he's even up front because they do have this little moment after the party where he's mm-hmm. saying goodbye to her and this is also post first sighting with wolfgang just Gonna yes. throw that in there. We'll talk. Um, I feel like it is going to be harder the the more intertwined everybody oh, yeah. is to get down the line to break it down by character. But anyway, uh, this is after she has caught her first glimpse of Wolfgang, and he says like um, something along the lines of like, "Hey, I know we don't know each other very well. I know something's troubling you, but I want to, you know, spend my entire life trying to, you know, essentially have you, you know, come to love me and feel the way I feel about you." Mm-hmm. Which is very sweet. There's also that, that weird aspect of uh, the fact that you know this is not an arranged marriage. No, it's Although technically some, considered a love match. Yeah, oddly, many viewers apparently thought it was an arranged marriage. Right. Uh, when the whole point is that it's not. Yes, when Kala apparently is the first person in her family you learn, uh, not you don't have learned it yet, I believe. No. Uh, to not have an arranged marriage, but to marry whoever she feels like. But mm-hmm. I think that's another aspect where the cultural background is interesting mm-hmm. because it's sort of like, yes, she is having a love marriage for love. And love match, yeah. But she seems to feel pressured to do it yeah. just because someone asked her to, And also everybody, all surrounding forces are like, yeah. it's a good match. So the, the, the historical background of pressure still exists, mm-hmm. even though... Theoretically, she is free to do whatever she wants. Yes, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and of course, she yeah she has the the not in this one, but the idea that she gets uh, from later mm-hmm. that uh, often people don't know each other that well, but mm-hmm. it still works out great. So she's probably thinking. Uh, like, I'm not sure about Rajan, but maybe that's just how it goes. Yeah, I mean, first. she's also, I, I think it's pretty clear both in, like, the temple mm-hmm. from the first episode and in this one, like, she knows he's a good guy. Yeah. She's not having, like, any sense of hesitation because he's going to be horrible to her. Well, I think she just isn't sure yet what it's supposed to feel like mm-hmm. to be uh, truly in love. And, of course, she may soon find Ooh. out. Yes. Which I'm trying to transition. Transition us. to yes. Wolfgang. To Wolfgang. <laughs> yeah. So Wolfgang doesn't really have that much to do in this episode. No. I mean, you only see him partying with Felix post Diamond Victory, mm-hmm. um, and then you know he's just banging that chick, <laughs> going to town, going to town. That's actually one of Wolfgang's 
favorite activities. Yes. And you see quite a lot of it. You do. I think out of all of them, I feel like him yes. and Leto are probably the... And Nomi are probably like the most sexually active out of everybody, mm-hmm. at least so in season one. But yeah, he's uh he's pulling he's pulling off some moves, mm-hmm. and uh, and that is actually one of my favorite sequences. Is um, I believe. Hold on, I'm trying to look at my notes. Um, it's kind of like a little montage as well, where it hooks in with Leto talking to Danny, and then she's just like, essentially inviting him up to her room. And then it cuts over to Wolfgang having sex. Oh, I didn't sex. notice that one. Yeah. The one it, I think about is, of course, the after yeah, that. Yeah, the it after cuts he Kala. has sex. Uh, he's just like, Kala's like, whew, I am really yeah. hot. It is, is it warm out? Is it just me? And then it cuts back to Wolfgang. And the, the girl's like, so what do you want to do now? And he's just like, I'm really craving Indian food. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go to the Indian restaurant. And she's talking. The girl that he's just hooked up with is talking to him. And it's so great because she's just like... Um, so I'm just trying to figure out if this is more or not. And he's like, I'm not looking for a relationship. And she goes, what are you looking for? And he looks <laughs> away. And in that moment, he spots Kala for the very first time. And I got very giggly and excited because just like the look on both their faces mm-hmm. when they see each other for the first time is just like, it's just instant connection yeah. And it's great. And it's just like that setup is like spoon fed that line to <laughs> What are you looking for? Well, this person right here who I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they get their first interaction. They don't actually talk to each other, they just kind of see each other. So she's walking through the restaurant. He's just kind of standing there at the venue where they were having this, you know, celebration. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good moment. I think that's about it for him, though. Yeah. Well, I figured there's four of them left, right? Yeah. I think we can pretty much say Sun and Kathias Nothing happened. No material. There's no material. <laughs> yes. They're literally just like I think they're both in the beginning when Nomi's doing her speech about mm-hmm. seven deadly sins. Um you don't yeah. see Ka- he's like Kathias is on top of a bus looking yeah. up at the stars. Which is uh, a nice shot. Which is a good shot. And then Sun is, you know, holding that, that ledger, that document that she's mm-hmm. very nervous about with her family before, you know, going into the, her family's building. But not coincidentally, those are the two main characters of the next episode. Yeah, but they barely get any screen time in this episode. So that leaves two left, and of course, traditionally, we forget about someone. So right now... Oh, I did it for once. It's Leto and Riley. Yeah. And we have discussed, and I will discuss because I think it's funny, Mm. Riley's adventures (laughs) in traumatization. (laughs) I know. Where essentially she gets the big first episode stuff. Yeah. And then she spends about four straight episodes wandering around London in a daze. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you get occasional check-ups on her. Like, No, she'll stay with her friends on the next episode. That's true. But But it's it's really just a series of trauma, trauma, trauma. Yeah, the general vibe of it is just like, let's check on Riley. Oh, she still sort of hasn't recovered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think besides Sun and Coffee, she's the next one that doesn't get much in a story. Well, in, in this one, she goes back to her apartment, and yes. she gets her stuff. Um, and, uh, well, she gets the, the, the stuff, too. She gets yeah, the Yeah, I don't think money. she realized that she had that on her. No. And but I can't remember if... Uh, did she throw and money. Did she throw it away? Uh, she hasn't done that yet. Yeah. She'll do that in the next episode. But essentially, she's dazed, blood splattered, goes back to her apartment, and was like, shit, I gotta get out of here, starts washing the blood off of her face, sees Will, they have a connection, he's shaving, looking at her, being like, oh, she's so cute, and he has a cute puppy He's face. also looking at the blood all yeah, over Yeah, being her. like, are you, girl, are you, go, you okay? <laughs> um, and then, 
and something that also terrifies me, aside from being forced into a lobotomy, is someone's trying to get into her apartment. Yeah. And she just narrowly, I don't know how she does it, but she, like, squeezes by mm-hmm. and gets past, sneaks out of there. And it's clear that, like, Nix's or whatever his name is, his there are guys that are after her now just because of what went down at yeah. the lovely drug den. Uh, and... That's pretty much it for her. That's it for And her. as I'm realizing now, uh, Lido is actually the fourth most important in this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's fine that we left him for last. I mean, it's kind of split between him and Kala. I think he might have slightly more than Kala, yeah. but they're kind of on the same level of, like, they're having personal character arcs, whereas, like, Nomi and Will are, are kind of going more towards, like, the overall Sense8 arcs. Well, now that I think that. about it, this is sort of him and Kala's more intro episode yes if if the next one is coffee and sons yeah because they really get it more explained who they are in mm-hmm. this one and yeah Lido's really covers a lot of ground yeah. i think uh for most importantly really the only thing that really matters Fernando? is Lido goes to his movie premiere <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and we get the first of many wonderful oh. Lido movie titles and i must admit I did not pause it to check to see it's what it is in Spanish. It's more something which is like... Yes. I could try to translate it, but I'd probably get a little wrong. We looked it up, though. Well, most importantly... I didn't write it down. What is, what is his movie called in, in English? Uh, it is Love Something Deception. I think deception it's Love Has No Boundaries. Except Death. But Death, yes. Yeah. By the way, we're gonna. This is gonna be like our our ongoing side conversation. Is what are movies uh, that Lido has done? What are they called? Because they're amazing. They're great, and they all have really great posters. And this one is apparently about evil twins. Yes. We just get these vague bits great. about what this movie yes. is about, but they all sound great. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he's going to premiere, mm-hmm. and he's going with Danny. Mm-hmm. It's our first time meeting her. Yes. And they're looking really fabulous together on this this carpet. And <laughs> I made a note of it because, like you said, kind of with like uh, the the side character hospital friend for Nomi, mm-hmm. you're gonna get this reporter back again too. And you think, or at least I did initially, like, oh, this is just like kind of like a one-off character. Yeah. No, she comes back. This damn reporter. <laughs> I'm just like, what kind of entertainment journalism is this? She's just like, Lito, you're, that must be your Spanish blood. <laughs> you're just like, what? But anyway, she's, she's interviewing him being like, so are you and Danielle an item or something? And it's just... We're just friends. They're just good friends. Very good friends. <laughs> you're just like... Oh man. Anyway, she's she's very uh she's very invested in Lido yes. and and his relationships. Um so Lido takes Danny to the premiere. After the premiere, Danny's just like, "You're so great. You're amazing." And he's all like self-doubt like, "Did people get that there is an evil twin? <laughs> like sometimes I couldn't remember who I was playing in the scene." And she's like, "No, you're amazing." It's very evident that she is jealous of his co-star, the sexy nun. <laughs> if you guys, I don't know if it's the sexy nun. I was assuming uh, yeah, I it think, is. Yes. From yeah. the first episode. Yeah, so, um, though I'm not sure, because I'm not sure how much time has passed in between episodes. Probably not a lot if Riley's still in trauma mode. No. But anyway, uh, not important. Long story short, she invites him up to her apartment, and he's like, I can't. And then she's like, whoa, I'm not used to being turned down. He goes back to his apartment, and it is revealed that he 
has a very, very attractive and wonderful boyfriend named Hernando, who I love <laughs> so much. I'm very excited by Hernando and his cute little glasses and their creepy, creepy <laughs> painting their that's art. above their bed, yes. which we both agreed Hernando definitely picked out and explained it to Lido and was like, we're getting this. <laughs> By the way, this is just us projecting, I'm sure. But I'm 100% sure that's what went down. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, so they, they're they very cute together. He's asking about how the premiere went. But then Hernando feels yeah. bad because yeah. he can't go to the premieres yeah. too. And he's just like, I want to be your arm candy. And he's like, why are you jealous of my arm when you already have my heart? <laughs> And then they both laugh, and he's like, where's that line from? And it's just clear that they have a very a very loving relationship, but mm-hmm. there is also that underlying problem of Leto is not out yeah. and is very protective of his career. S- career. Yeah. And um, and so they're, they're both discussing, like, oh, I think it's time to get rid of Danny. We should move on to someone else. And do you think she suspects anything? No, I just think she, you know... She wants what she can't have. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, goes the dynamite. Danny is at the door, drunk, mm-hmm. brought bubbles, <laughs> which Hernando can't say no to, by the way, <laughs> and and pretty much bullies her way into the apartment. And you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh. This girl, all she cares about is just, like, you know, hooking up with him, and she's very jealous about this other girl, and... And Hernando kind of makes a joke about, like, well, you didn't hire her, or hire her. (laughs) You didn't choose her to kind of be your cover um, for her, you know. For intelligence yes. is basically the joke. Is yes. basically the joke. Rude, Hernando. I know, but this is. But then he has the really good line of like, I might have underestimated Miss Velasquez, yes. because she goes into the apartment. She's very, uh, you know. Lito's trying to use all his normal moves to get her out and be like, my heart belongs to another. I'm just not feeling it anymore. She's like, that's cool. We can still have sex. And then she runs upstairs and then Hernando has this beautiful line of, she's like, what's the big deal? What's the problem? And he's like, because you don't have a cock. (laughs) And her reaction is actually one of my favorite things in the show. I really find her as like a a really fun, interesting character because yeah. the way she's initially presented is the way both Lido and Hernando assume, oh, this is her personality. She's just kind of like this party girl who just wants to have fun, doesn't really take no for an answer. She's very aggressive. And, and then it just kind of turns it on its head. Like she totally immediately gets it despite Lido trying to cover it up and laugh it off, which is really awkward. Yeah, I was going to say Lido's reaction is one of my favorite things yeah. in the show. Yeah, oh, so. it's... He's always trying to cover, and it's. Plus, like, Hernando has a great line where like, he is laughing, and he says, "Look at her, Lido. She knows." Yeah, like <laughs> she's figured it out. And instead of you know, I assume the normal reaction, not normal, but the the most likely reaction you would get after just spending a little bit of time with her is her freaking out. And instead, of what she does is she gets really excited and immediately offers to help. She's like, oh, my God, this is a great system. You need somebody to cover for you so you don't have any of these questions. She's like, I've always wanted to, like, hang out with, like, two gay guys, apparently. She's got a bit of a fetishizing thing. Yeah, a little bit of a fetish there, which, you know, is not ideal. But she is immediately accepting of them and is like, we're good. This is great. This is great for all of us. We're going to have so much fun together. And, uh, and so that's how their storyline ends. But I think it's important to note, she's like, I'm really good at keeping secrets if you know anything about my family. So even like a little line like mm-hmm. 
it, it sounds kind of like a one-off. You don't really think about it until later down the line. You're like, oh, no, that's important. Because Danny's family is also really messed up. So yeah, I really enjoy her. I really <laughs> love rewatching that episode, knowing what I know about her and being like, she's actually kind of a great character, and she completely subverted my expectations. Yeah. Just, yeah, that whole stereotype of, you know, that type of a party girl who who only wants to, you know, just do all that. Mm-hmm. And then it'd immediately be so accepting to be like, oh, yeah, I am <laughs> down for this. Which, again, some of her, I think her intentions behind her decision to help them out are not always pure. <laughs> I think it's more, of, like you said, a fetish but for But then her. it's okay because they become... Kind of a family. Better friends. Yeah. Yes. I would I would argue family. Well, you I'd know. do that. Not not quite yet, obviously. Oh, what an argument. Yeah, but I do enjoy that Hernando is just like, oh, totally misjudged that. Was not expecting that. Mm. Okay. And he's, uh, he seems a little bit more on board than yeah. Vito. So I think that's pretty much it. I think in terms of the early going, at least, or this episode, mm. after we talked about all of them, there really isn't that much else to cover. Yeah. There isn't that much to say about them combining since, as we said, they barely started to do it. Yeah. But I think that is a solid episode. Yes. And um, honestly, the more I've rewatched, I think they're all fine, solid episodes. Yeah. But considering this is, despite that, technically one of the worst episodes, probably just because it gets better later. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good look for the show. I think it's getting it's snapping more into focus than the yeah. first episode, which is inevitable. Well, the focus on a few characters as opposed to trying to do more of them all at once. Yes, is smart. Yeah, it helps. And that's really the structure they stick with for the, for, rest of it. For the whole show, yeah. yeah. Is always sort of a staggering who is the most important at a given time. Right. I think that's it. Yes, I like good. this one. Uh, there'll be more exciting stuff next time. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, I guess we should sign off. This yes. has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we will catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.